Hey guys, it's Sim and this is Wrestling Unlimited as it's Friday and that means we're here with another edition of the Wrestling Wrap-Up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. Now as far as today's story does go, or show does go, we do have two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve stories, a G1 update, and so much more because again this is the wrestling wrap-up a handful of news brought to you in one easy to watch video we're going to talk about bray wyatt and his what's been going on apparently it was a life-threatening injury or illness roman reigns we now know what his injury at SummerSlam may have been another top wrestler may have been injured at SummerSlam. got some clarification on some not yet announced all in matches and so much more Remember, you can watch this show or listen to this show a number of different ways. You can watch live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. You can watch or listen later or watch live or watch. You can go to YouTube and watch it now or later. I don't know why I couldn't get that out. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or listen on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that a donate button down below or donating Twitch bits or a hype chat in the in the Twitch chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe like uh, T like Hurricane. No, eSports Gaming Rules recently did at uh, tier one subscription. Or you can be like Hurricane Bob and subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff of four games, and all you got to do is take that Amazon Prime account, you take that Switch account, you link them together, bada bing, bada boom, you're Prime Gaming. Also remember, it doesn't just have to be your Amazon Prime account you're using. It could be anybody's, whether that's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your grandma, your grandpa, your auntie, your uncle, anybody's. Amazon Prime account. You link it to your Twitch, and then you get a bunch of cool things. Also, remember to head over to YouTube and become a channel member by hitting that join button. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. And I'm so mad at myself because I didn't do this yesterday. Yesterday, Loop Hero was free. Now it's not. I forgot to claim it. God damn. You know what is free now? Europia Universales 4 and Orwell keeping an eye on you. Now, I haven't played either. I have seen Orwell and it looks interesting. But when you do go to the Epic Game Store, use this code at checkout, and you'll be supporting us at no extra cost. Use code PWUnlimited. Whether you're buying a new game like F1 Manager 23, you're getting into the Remnant 2. Maybe your kids are interested in Goat Simulator 3. Again, use our code PWUnlimited at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Also, don't forget Becky Lynch and... Becky Lynch, <clears throat> excuse me, and Bianca Belair will be coming to Fortnite soon. So when you get them in Fortnite, when you buy those skins, use this code at checkout. But as far as the show does go today, we're going to first talk about Bray Wyatt and what's going on with him. So Fightful first came out with an uh, update yesterday. It was actually some good news pertaining to Bray Wyatt. Fightful stated, 
at long last. There's some good Bray Wyatt news. Fightful has learned that Bray Wyatt is finally getting, quote, closer to clearance after almost six months without it. Wyatt has battled an illness that we don't won't disclose, and the company and Wyatt have been taking extra precautions to make sure that his long-term health is accounted for. But there is some positive news. Of late, we've confirmed that Wyatt isn't actively cleared, but those we've spoken to claim that he's getting closer, and that there have been some creative ideas presented. One source indicated that some ideas were even mentioned for September. However, that won't mean anything if he doesn't get the clearance. So, then they go on to say that they were supposed to be a group with Alexa Bliss, Eric Young, Uncle Howdy, and Bray Wyatt that never came to fruition because Alexa got pregnant, Bray got sick, and Eric Young left the company. So really, Bo Dallas, Uncle Howdy, been sitting on the sidelines while everybody else just keeps him on the sidelines, I guess you could say. But, since that, Fightful then got another update that Sean Ross Sapp tweeted out, stating, quote, mm, Well, that's not the right thing. Give me one second. The link I have has changed. Yeah, gum Twitter. There we go. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp sent out an update on Twitter, stating, Without specifically naming what it is, because I'm sure he will in the future when he's ready. It was a very, very serious a serious illness that left him hospitalized. And it quite frankly threatened his career and his life. Fortunately, as of now, it does not look like it will threaten either his career or his life. Which is very, very good news. So that is good to hear. Not that it was a life-threatening injury or anything, but that he is significantly improving, getting better, and it is no longer a life-slash-career-threatening injury or illness. Again, we still don't know what it is. I guess we will know in due time, but hey, we don't need to know what it is. All we need to know is that Bray is doing better, Bray, Bray is recovering, and that's the best thing. Even if Bray doesn't return to wrestling, all we want to know and all we care about is that his life and his health is better. So, wish the West, wish the best to Bray Wyatt. Now, we're going to talk a little SummerSlam here, because we know that Roman Reigns got injured at SummerSlam, but we didn't know the nature of the injury. Some thought maybe it was a back injury from when um, Jey Uso did that dive and landed right on Roman's back on the outside and stuff, but that is not the case, as Dave Meltzer wrote the latest in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Reigns suffered a hip, maybe back, but hip, most likely hip injury from the tope from Jey Uso about five minutes into the main event match. You can see the way he moved and walked like he was in pain. But to his credit, unless you were looking for it, you probably didn't see it. So with that, it is being reported that Roman Reigns' injury was some sort of a hip injury. Could have been a back injury, but more likely a hip injury from the way Jay landed on him off that dive because Jay barely got like got to Roman because Roman was so far out and yeah Roman worked 30 minutes hurt now we don't know the severity of the injury we don't know if he's seriously hurt we don't know if he just tweaked it during the match and he's better now Roman I think should be scheduled for tonight's Smackdown as they're doing a 
hail to the chief segment. But regardless, Roman worked part of that match injured, hurt, and had to keep going. Uh, Lane Cooks, you couldn't be more wrong. You couldn't be more wrong. We are going to talk about that, though. So in keeping with, and give me one second, I'm getting possibly more news right now. So give me one second to just verify this live on the air. Um, okay, this is not new news. Good to know, though. So, with Roman Reigns getting injured at SummerSlam, looks like another top WWE wrestler may have been injured at SummerSlam as well. According to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, he states that Brock Lesnar may have suffered an injury in the match with Cody Rhodes, as Meltzer writes the following. Lesnar, who was injured early in the match where he put over Cody Rhodes, was at one point advertised for stuff later this year. As of right now, he put Rhodes over clean, shook his hand, turned himself back babyface in doing so, and the plan for him is to return on television building up the Royal Rumble, and from there go to WrestleMania. Although, I could see him returning for the November Saudi Arabia show, even if today that isn't the plan, or if there is an injury. He's always there if they need a program. And that's the thing. Brock... Like, if Brock is needed, he'll show up. Even, we've heard in the past, Brock had, I think it was 2019 maybe, Brock had like four or five months scheduled off. They needed him, pop right back in. So, very cool to see. Very, very cool. And hopefully Brock is not hurt. We haven't heard anything outside of this Meltzer report that Brock may have suffered an injury, but yeah, not really much more to it other than Brock is scheduled to be back in time for the Rumble. That's the big update here. Brock may have been injured in the SummerSlam match, but the plan right now is Brock at the Rumble. And yeah, have Brock go out there and dump five blokes out of the Rumble, ten blokes maybe, and have a good time. Oh, we do have a super chat here from Richard Jr. Really appreciate that. Richard says, spoiler slide. Well, I'm going to read this before I read it out loud because it's a spoiler slash rumor. So hold on really fast before I actually read it. Uh, okay, I don't know what this is pertaining to. I'm just going to read it anyways. It says, spoilers slash rumor. Stars who stay in WWE main roster are Zoe Stark, Trish, Becky, uh, Trish, Becky Lynch, AJ Styles, Edge, Judgment Day, Roman, Jay Uso, Solo, Jimmy, KO, and Sammy. Okay, what is that pertaining to? I appreciate the super chat, but what is that all pertaining to? Like, is there more context to this? I have no clue what you're talking about here at all, at all. But again. We read all Super Chats live on the air. I appreciate the Super Chat. Do you have any more context? Now, as we move forward, we know that WWE is going to be under the umbrella of Endeavor within the next month to month and a half at the earliest. Well, actually, maybe even at the latest. Endeavor had a 
um, investors call earlier this week where they stated that they should have the WWE UFC merger locked up and finalized by mid to late September. Now they're finalizing the board of directors for the new company TKO. And we do know the first members on this board from the WWE side of things. And we know the following WWE and the UFC are currently in the process of merging under UFC's parent company Endeavor with a new name, TKO Holdings Group. During Endeavor's recent earnings call, the company announced that the, the merger will be coming in September, and according to new SEC filings, we have learned that TKO Holding Groups will have a 10-member board. And the following members are as followed. Vince McMahon, Chairman of WWE. Ari Emanuel, CEO of Endeavor. Nick Khan, CEO of WWE. Mark Shapiro, President of William Morris Endeavor. Stephen R. Coonan, CEO of Atlanta Hawks. Jonathan A. Kraft, President of the Kraft Group and son of New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft. Egon Durbin, Chairman of William Morris Endeavor. Nancy Tolman, former President of Xbox Entertainment and former President of CBS Television. Carrie Wheeler, CEO of Open Door Technologies. Sonia Medina, co-founder of Greenlight Growth Capital. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And I think there are still two more slots there. I think it was going to be 12 in total. Right now we know of 10. Not sure. There was a rumor going around earlier this week that Michelle Wilson and George Barrios were going to be on this board of directors as well, but their name is not listed. So we're going to have to wait on that. But here's the interesting thing. One name that is not listed here anymore as a board of director, Triple H. Paul Triple H Levesque. And some have asked me, what does that mean for his standing in the company? Does that mean that because he doesn't want to be on the board or that he's not appointed to the board, that he's not going to be with the company for long? And that's not the case. Triple H will still have his role as head of creative, the chief content officer, and everything else he does with the company. He's just not going to be on the board. This doesn't mean that he's leaving the company. This doesn't mean that Triple H is done with WWE. Not in the late, the, the slightest. Not in the least bit. So, anybody thinking that, oh my God, the ship's falling and Triple H is leaving because of the merger, not the case whatsoever. Whatsoever. Now, somebody that isn't quite leaving but could be taking some time off, lots well, Olympic gold medalist Gable Steveson. In a new update from Dave Meltzer, he does state that Gable Steveson is listed on the Team USA team for the World Championships in, in, in collegiate wrestling, yet WWE hasn't said anything, but Meltzer writes the following. Regarding Gable Steveson and the World Championships, he is still listed on the U.S. team. His scheduled days of competition in Belgrade, Serbia, are 9-16 and 9-17. WWE has not stated whether he will or will not be competing and they would have to give him permission since he's under contract to them. So this is very interesting that he's listed for the team. There are dates for when, you know, he's going to compete and all that. But he hasn't said anything. They haven't really said anything. WWE hasn't said anything. He did note recently that he would love to stay with WWE and continue to train with WWE. But at the same time, maybe he wants to make that one final run, go to the World Championships, and then maybe go to the 2024 Olympics. I mean... It would behoove WWE to let him do it, I think. I think WWE should let Gable Steveson 
try to go for another Olympic gold medal. Now, I can see why they wouldn't. I can see why they wouldn't. Because it, it, here's the pros and cons. Here's the pros and cons. Pros. Gable goes in there, dominates, wins another gold medal. Maybe that's the, the only pro. Gable goes in there, wins another gold medal. Then they say they have a two-time Olympic gold medalist. The only two-time Olympic gold medalist in all of professional wrestling. But here are the cons. He goes in there, doesn't do well, gets beat. Whether that is early on, or he makes it to the finals, but gets beat in the finals. Then they're like, oh, we have a Olympic gold medalist. But after he won his first gold medal, he wasn't as good as he was then. Or the other con is he goes in there, wrestles, and has some sort of a serious career-ending injury where he can't even wrestle for WWE now. That's the other, that's the big con. That he gets a big injury that pulls him out of WWE that makes it so he can't work for WWE and can't wrestle there either. So there's pluses and minuses in, hey, he could become a two-time gold medalist and that would be great for WWE's promotion. Or he doesn't win the second one. Not that horrible, but it doesn't look super good. But the whole could get hurt, could suffer a lifelong injury or something that keeps him away from WWE. So I can see both sides and why they would or wouldn't want him to do it. Now, he's still listed on the team, which is interesting. To me, it sounds like he's going to at least do the world championships and then they'll reevaluate from there. It's coming up in a month. So we'll know here pretty soon what's going to come of Gable Stevenson. I mean, we haven't seen him since uh, the Great American Bass show. Somebody we haven't seen in a while is Sonya Deville, and that is because she's injured. No, not a while, a couple of weeks. Sonya Deville is injured. Chelsea Green is now the only woman tag team champion in WWE right now. She's auditioning on Twitter for new partners. She's doing her Chelsea's Got Talent thing where you can go on Twitter, submit a video as to why you should be Chelsea Green's new tag team partner, and then go from there. Her sister submitted one, and I think that's a great thing they should do. I don't know if she would want to be on WWE television, but like, have Chelsea's sister come out with her. Chelsea just works the whole match, and then we go from there. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of random stuff here. Hell, R-Truth submitted a video, which we're going to talk about R-Truth here in the next story, but R-Truth submitted a video saying he'd love to run the women's tag team division with Chelsea. But just a quick update on all of this as far as the women's tag team championships do go. Dave Meltzer is reporting that it sounds like they're going to do another little tournament to figure out who the new tag team champions are going to be. Nothing really farther further on that. Meltzer just states that he has heard that there could be a tournament to determine new champions, and we'll see if Chelsea's in that tournament or not. I'd assume she would be, and if she is, who would her partner be? Because now Chelsea's going to have to get her third partner of the year. Started off teaming with Carmella. Carmella got pregnant, had to go away. Then, you know, teaming with and won the titles with Sonya Deville, Sonya got hurt, ACL, which means at least seven months away. Ah, I feel for Chelsea. I really feel for Chelsea Green. But we did talk about R-Truth submitting a, a video for Chelsea's Got Talent, and R-Truth has been out for quite some time now, and it looks like R-Truth is getting close to possibly returning. WWE veteran Ron, the Truth Killings as many know him by, but most know him by R-Truth in WWE, 
has missed the entirety of 2023 after he was injured last year in November of 2022 when he was taking on Grayson Waller in NXT where he suffered a quad injury on a dive. Now, following that, Truth hasn't given too many updates on his injury, yet he posted this on his Instagram, no, Twitter today. I'm going to pull that up on the screen. He posted this on his Twitter today. Showing that, well, he's back training, which is a great thing to see. A great, great thing to see. But he posted this. Whoops. And it just says, hashtag better play. Hashtag what it is. Hashtag what's up. Now he's training. We haven't seen, this is the first photo or a glimpse at all of him showing that he's training. Grayson Waller would then respond by saying, see you soon. Truth would then respond with a tweet that said, oh, you're trying to be funny? You're trying to start something. So, maybe, we're getting some teases here of what our truths return feud could be. Could be getting something with our truth and the and uh, Grayson Waller once he returns. So maybe that's also another indication. And this could be nothing. This could be just Grayson Waller and our truth going back and forth on Twitter and it'd be nothing. And that's probably the the... What it is, probably nothing. Probably what it is, nothing. And we go from there and see what happens. But mainly this is, I brought this story up because it's the first time we've seen, and this this image is two days old, but this is the first time we've seen R-Truth post anything as far as him training with rings and all that. So glad to see him at the PC. Glad to see him getting back in there. And I hope we see R-Truth back on television soon. Because I like four... Our truth to be as old as he is, but in the shape he is and able to go the way he does at 51 years old. Hell yeah. I mean, RVD wrestled the other night at 52 and had a great match with Jungle Boy. But our truth can still get out there and do it. And I'm thoroughly, thoroughly excited to see our truth return. Because not only is he good in the ring still at 51 years old, might not be as good now after the quad injury, but he's still. Such, such, such an entertaining guy. And if not anything, we just need our truth back on TV for his entertainment. Now, our truth got injured in NXT and could be returning soon. But there are two NXT wrestlers who are expected to be leaving soon as well. They tried to leave earlier this year. The Dyad, now currently known as um, Reed Jagger Reed former James Drake, and Rip Fowler, the former Zach Gibson, expressed trying to leave the company and asking for their release earlier this year, and that was denied back in April. Now, Dave Meltzer writes the following in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter. The belief is that Jagger Reed and Rip Fowler the Dyad are still leaving when their contracts expire. The expiration date is October 14th. So the former Grizzly Young veterans are set to be leaving WWE in the next two months. It's right now is the time of this recording. The date is August 11th. So they got two months, September, October, to finish off and do whatever they got to do with WWE before they can leave the company. Now, it's unclear what they want to do after leaving WWE, whether that's just going back and wrestling in the UK. Maybe they want to try and wrestle in AEW. Maybe they want to go to Japan and wrestle New Japan or NOAA. Maybe they want to wrestle in the U- in the, um, United- the U.S. independency. We don't know what their plans would be. All they have told us is in April, they asked for their release. And it got denied. 
They didn't state what they wanted to do past that. They didn't state anything further. So we'll see. We'll see what the former grizzled young vets do. I'm just happy that they don't have to, once they leave, like, I doubt they would still be the dyad characters because the dyad characters kind of dumb and suck. When they were the grizzled young vets, they were so good. So good. Why did they change these two? Why did they change these two? As James Drake and Zach Gibson, they were so good. As just two guys that like to fight, very confident in their skills, and want to go out there and have great matches. Like, they were so good at that. So, so, so good. But speaking of NXT, one former AEW wrestler is rumored to be coming to WWE in through NXT. There's no plans for him yet within the company. It was reported that Brian Pillman Jr. was supposed to be at this week's NXT tapings, and we didn't hear anything from that past, well, he's supposed to be there. Dave Meltzer did write, though, in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, stating, quote, AEW Insider reported that Brian Pillman Jr. was to be starting on NXT television soon, which hasn't yet happened. The only thing we're told by those in the company is they believe he hasn't been signed. There's no creative involving him that has been talked about, but that he is undergoing medicals, and thus unless they discover something bad, he will be signed. So it seems like not everything is finalized yet with Brian Pillman Jr. Not everything has been finished up and signed on the dotted line for him to come in. So it looks like even he could have been there this past Tuesday. That's not out of the realm of possibility, but he wasn't there in an official capacity as a WWE NXT roster member superstar because, according to Meltzer, he hasn't officially signed because all of his medicals hasn't come, haven't come back yet. But we sit, we wait, and we see what happens because I think he's got all the potential in the world, and AEW never used that. They stuck him as a tag team guy very early, used him as a tag team enhancement guy throughout his entire run in AEW and never fully really used him to his potential. And I think in NXT, we can see what that potential is going to be. As we move forward, speaking of people coming back and leaving and re-signing with WWE, there was a rumor of this earlier, earlier this week that Nia Jax could be coming back to the WWE. It was stated that rumblings and murmurs were going around that Nia Jax was going to sign back with the company. And we now know a little more on Nia Jax as far as she's been training for potential return. While speaking with Bill Apter of Sports Kita, Lena Fenning, the former Nia Jax, was asked whether she's still training and whether and more on a potential return as she stated the following. I am. I am training. I'll train over at Devon's ring. He's great. And then I go over to Natty and TJ's. So they run me through some drills and stuff like that. I have matches in that. I'll get in the ring every now and then with some of my friends like Charlotte and her husband, Manny. I don't, uh, when asked about a potential return to WWE, she stated, I don't have the answer. Right now, I'm just hanging out. I'm enjoying being home with my family. I have my new nephew, and I've kind of started being obsessed with being in Pilates. I also stated that she's got a 40-acre farm that she's developing and working on and doing all of that as well. But yeah, she's staying active in wrestling as far as like training and being in a ring and this and that. We've seen Plenty of videos of her training at Natty and TJ's dungeon or wherever you want to call it. They call it their dungeon. It's just a little warehouse. 
So they, we see her training there all the time with like Moose and um, Apollo Crews and Natty and Liv Morgan and so many others. So she's still training and in there and doing things. But as far as her returning to WWE, we don't know yet. There's the murmurs. That was the report. Murmurs of her potential return and her name floating around. And our final WWE story of the day. Well, yesterday, the WWE stock hit an all-time high. Vince McMahon's return to WWE as the executive chairman made it evident that he planned on taking over the company yet once again. This is actually what happened in... uh, This is exactly what happened and is just the span of three months. McMahon managed to sell the company after discussing with numerous potential buyers. And this has helped the stock get to an all-time high. WWE stock did close yesterday at all-time high of $114. Naturally, this is a huge deal considering WWE became a publicly traded company on October 19, 1999 and started off with only a $17 per share revenue, or whatever you want to say it. To add to that, WWE has reached an unprecedented peak as they managed to sell more merchandise now than ever. So they've got so much money coming in. They got so much money going out, but they got so much money coming in is the big thing. Money, 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 as Vince McMahon always says. And we'll see what this means for the new company, TKO Holdings Group. Because wherever, I don't know if, now, here's where I need some help. Say before WWE pulled off the stock market and they become TKO Holdings Group under Endeavor with UFC, does where that um, WWE stock number end impact the TKO number? Like, say WWE gets up to 120 and then they pull it off the stock market, the, the exchange, or whatever you want to call it. Does that 120 impact where TKO starts? Or is it all based off of the TKO, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Evaluation of $21 billion. That's what I don't know, and that's what I would like to know. So if anybody does know, let me know in the chat. Let me know in the comments below of this video. How much will the number that WWE finally closes at fully impact the TKO starting number? Because is also my other question here that I don't know and I want to know about. Does or is there an actual chance that, say, this 114 is the highest WWE gets to. Maybe they get to 120. Is there a chance that TKO only starts at like 50? That it starts below what WWE ends at? Is that even possible? Is my question. So a lot of things to know, a lot of things to see, a lot of things to learn. Because you always should be learning something new. But WWE did hit a high of $114. Never been that high before in the company's history. So kudos to WWE. But now, let's shift over and talk a little AEW. So we do know that coming up in just two weeks is AEW Full Gear. No, Full Gear is in November. AEW All In. Let me let me start that over. We do know that in two weeks, AEW will be running All In from Wembley Stadium. With that, we only know of, I want to say, four or five matches. No, four matches. Three title matches, and then the coffin tag team match. 
But Dave Meltzer did write this week in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter a little bit about the rumored matches that have yet to be announced. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer newsletter, Dave Meltzer gave an update on what the card could look like for AEW All-In. Dave Meltzer wrote the following. It's rumored that Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay and John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta versus Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, and a mystery opponent could happen, and those matches are accurate. Those would likely be announced or at least strongly teased this weekend since Kingston and Osprey will be available on Wednesday. The Kenny Omega versus Konosuke Takeshita match may end up on All Out in Chicago. And a rumored match at All In would see Omega, Adam Page, and Kota Ibushi taking on Jay White, Juice Robinson, and Konosuke Takeshita. Well, that's an interesting one. Okay. So, we've got a little more more things here we're learning. They're trying to get as many people as they freaking can on this all-in show in Wembley. So, doing a bunch of six-man tags makes sense, but it's not ideal in my opinion. Now, this one interests me, though. Omega, Page, and Ibushi against Jay White, Juice Robinson, and Takeshita. I like it and don't like it all in the same time because this is just further making Takeshita feel like an extra. He was an extra added in with the BCC. Now he's going to be an extra added in with Bullet Club Gold. Come on, make Takeshita his own man. I get it. He's probably going to be the pillar. Well, no, maybe not. If Jericho does join the Don Callis family, then Takeshita would not be the top guy in that group. I don't think Jericho's joining the Don Callis family, but... Yeah, you want to push Takeshita as this big star, well, quit making him an extra in other people's stuff or other groups. But then the other question also arises of, what does Bullet Club Gold have to do with any of this Omega stuff and the Elite? I don't understand that at all. Does that mean Omega, Page, and Ibushi are going to go work Collision to be with Jay White and Robinson? Or is Jay White and Robinson going to come back to Dynamite? I don't know. I'm confused. I like the intrigue of the match. I think the match itself would be really good. But I don't think the setup's going to make much sense, if that makes sense. So, it looks like, again, we could be getting Jericho versus Will Ospreay, John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta versus Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, and a mystery opponent at all in in Wembley, along with this Kenny Omega six-man tag, then Omega and Takeshita at all out. In Chicago. Okay. Okay. We'll see how it all those play though. Now, speaking of dynamite and collision and this and that, Jim Ross actually talked about the backstage atmosphere at collision and kind of hinted that it's much calmer than it is at dynamite. As, as uh, good old JR said the following on his Grill and JR podcast The atmosphere at collision, in my opinion, is entirely different than the mindset and the atmosphere at Dynamite. There's less people, less crew, less talent, so it's a bit calmer. I think the talents have more time to work their matches out. It's just a different atmosphere, and it's a good atmosphere. Always fun, good seeing the talents. We got a good crew going. I think Punk and Tony Khan pretty much put that roster together, and I like it. That's good talents. That's, they're motivated. They like the ownership of that show and the fact that they can make a difference. And I think that's cool. 
all good, man. I'm looking. I'm looking to it. I enjoy being around the talent. Basically, JR saying with less people at the show on Saturday nights than there are on Wednesdays, it's making for a better atmosphere. And I get that. When you have too many people running around not knowing what they're doing, or even if they do know what they're doing, but just running around doing different things all at once, yeah, that can be a little more hectic. Yeah, that can be a little more whatever. So less people could make a more stress-free environment. But how can there be less people, in my opinion, when you have the AW Collision roster and the Ring of Honor roster there filming stuff? When on Wednesdays, you just have the Dynamite roster and then whoever you're going to use for Rampage. So I don't know. I think they filmed some ROH stuff this past week as well, which is going to be weird because then there's two different sets for the next. I don't know. Regardless, JR says that everything feels different, calmer, and better on Saturday nights. Now, speaking of Saturday night, one AEW wrestler that we haven't seen in over a year, or about a year, is going to have a five-minute mini-match that I doubt actually airs on television this week at, well, the Collision Tapings. Thunder Rosa provided an update during an episode of her blog that was released on Thursday. Rosa, who hasn't wrestled in a year, had her last match on August 10th, 2022 at a Dark Elevation taping in Minnesota. However, AEW's head physician, Doc Sampson, says that she could be cleared in the next three weeks. He stated, quote, Good news. She's, doing, she's been doing well. She's been religious with her training, and she always has, as she always has been, doing everything we've asked of her. Samson continued to say that Rosa will wrestle a five-minute mini-match this coming Saturday at the AEW Collision Tapings in Greensboro as part of her rehab. Nothing to Rosa actually stated, quote, We're going to do like a five-minute mini-match and see... Oh, no. Uh, Samson told this to Thunder Rosa. We're going to do like a five-minute mini-match and see how you tolerate that. We're just taking the steps, taking steps up. And if that looks good, we're almost there. Uh, Rosa responded, uh, proposed, how about three weeks as a potential timeline for me to get cleared? Samson then said, I think that's fair. Next week will be a, next week will be a telltale sign. Basically, they want her to go in there. Probably not take many bumps, but take some bumps and do some things and this and that. And really meticulously plan out this five-minute match to test different things of her and then evaluate going forward. So this is really good to see, really cool to see. This is great to hear that Thunder Rosa could be back and cleared and good to go. Not by all in, unfortunately. Maybe not by all out, but maybe right after those two shows. So as we move forward, we got one final story here. We got our G1 update. And G1, almost wrapping up. G1 will be done this weekend. And we now know who have made the semifinals. So as far as everything does go, we had the quarterfinals with the final eight men. And those men have had their bouts. We now know who the final four are. So this past week, we did see Tetsuya Naito defeat Will Ospreay. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, take that back. That's coming up tonight. Um, you know what? I'm just going to read this verbatim. This comes from Ian Carey of F4W Online as he writes the following. The G1 Climax 33 quarterfinals took place Thursday in Chiba. Tetsuya Naito, Will Ospreay, Evil, and Kazuchika Okada have all advanced to Saturday's semifinals uh, after wins on the show. Naito 
defeated Hikaleo in the first quarterfinal match on Thursday. They'll now face Will Ospreay in the semifinals for a second year in a row. Ospreay defeated David Finley in the second quarterfinal match, fending off repeated interferences from the Bullet Club. Naito and Ospreay have met twice in singles action previously, with Ospreay having won both, including in the G1 semifinals last year. After going undefeated in round robin, in round robin the portion of the tournament, Sonata, the actual current champion, lost his quarterfinal match to Evil on Thursday. Evil picked up the win after countering a skull end into Everything is Evil. However, there had been repeated interference by the House of Torture earlier in the match. Zuzuko Okada also won his quarterfinal match, defeating Zack Sabre Jr. in the main event of Thursday's show, keeping his hopes high for a third straight G1 Climax win. He play, uh, picked up the win after fighting his way out of a submission and hitting a Rainmaker. The finals, or the quarterfinals, are now set. No, the semifinals are now set. As tonight, it will be Kazuchika Okada versus Evil and Tetsuya Naito versus Will Ospreay. The winners then will go on to Sunday's show, which is actually Saturday night here in America, to fight in the finals of the G1 Climax Tournament. I think we're getting Okada and Ospreay. I, I, I just, I hope. I think that's where, where they're going to go, and I hope that's the route they're going to go. You want to give the best match possible. It ain't Evil in the finals. Unfortunately, I just don't think so. Evil, cool, he made the semis. No, don't need to go any farther with that. Naito, we've seen Naito have some good matches in this tournament. Not great. I hope the Will match is great. But if you want to do the best match possible for the finals of the G1 Climax 33, you do Kazushka Okada and Will Ospreay. And then you have, and here's my prediction, Will Ospreay wins the whole daggum thing for the first time. And then he's going to go out there and go, I played spoiler. No one's won three in a row. And Okada still hasn't won three in a row because I beat Okada when he was going for three in a row. And the Will can just play that up for months. I beat Okada. I took Okada. I took history away from Okada. And now I'm going to take more. When come, you know, Wrestle Kingdom, I take the title from Sonata or whoever's the champion by then. So I do think that the finals are going to be Okada versus Osprey, and Osprey does win it. With that, guys, that is everything we got for the wrestling wrap-up. I do want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, we will be back live tonight following Friday Night SmackDown. Let me double-check if WWE has announced anything new for that show. WWE doesn't even have anything on their website. For that show, which is very unfortunate. But we do know of three things to set for tonight's SmackDown. We do know that we will have a Hail to the Chief segment. AJ Styles will be going one-on-one with Karrion Cross, And the U.S. title will be on the line when Austin Theory defends against Santos Escobar. So with that, that is everything so far set for tonight's Friday Night SmackDown. And if we do hear anything further leading up to tonight's Blue Branded show, we'll have it for you right here. But with that, I want to again say thank you for joining me here. Have a great rest of your Friday, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.